Hey, welcome to the show. Today we have Zach Coleman on the show. Hey, Zach, what's going on, buddy? How you doing? Good, man. Thanks for having me on. Absolute pleasure. I want to start off the podcast how I start off all my podcasts with a bit of who you are, what you do, and how you got here. My name is Zach Coleman. I own a motivation and grit focused branding agency out in Arizona. Starting off, you know, was in the corporate world for many years, worked in sports. My my dad was an NFL player way before I was born, and it kind of got me ingrained into the sports and the competitive nature of, of, of business. And so I ended up um, eventually going out on my own, saved up some money, started growing this business. Now I'm about six and a half years into it and uh, still enjoying every minute of it. Um, but yeah, that's a little bit about myself in a nutshell. Right. So yeah. Okay. So you said you came from the uh, whole uh, corporate world and stuff, right? Like uh, mm-hmm. what, what industry were you in? Sports and education. So I worked uh, I worked for the, the Phoenix Suns. I worked for Pearson. I worked for um, some other smaller agencies and uh, businesses out here in Phoenix. Um, but I ended up job hopping a lot. <laughs> yeah. Story um, of most people's lives. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Job hopping. Well, and for me, it was a little bit different because I, yes, money is always a thing, of course. But for me, it was more, I would learn everything um, within three, four months and I'd be bored. I'd be out, outperforming, you know, people that were there for five, six years or 10 years. And I just got to the point where I'm like, all right, time to move on to the next thing and, and learn some new stuff. And so I just finally got to the point um, in the corporate world where I was over it. <laughs> gotcha on that. Now, how did you choose your industry or did it choose you? It's like, because you know what? It's not like you wake up and say, uh, you know, I, I, I was just put into this and I'm, here I am. It's sort of like we kind of pick it. Well, most times we pick it at least. I I think both. That's a tough question to answer because, uh, uh, you know, I did. I grew up. I grew up um, in sports. Like I said, my dad was an my dad was an NFL player, and um, we grew up loving sports. I I played soccer my whole life um, up until about college time frame, Um, and then I got really fascinated with. I got really fascinated with visual communications, uh, messaging, how you can communicate with people in such a way that could um, resonate with them and, and help them. And so I just kind of leaned towards the graphic design side and I spent about, you know, four, five, six years going through and, and you know, I went to I went to Flagstaff up here down here in Phoenix for a year and I thought I hated it. And then I came down here and I loved it. And so um it just, it kind of found me, but it was through my experiences and my past experiences that I think led me to that. Um, and now, um, like I said, working for the Phoenix Suns and working for uh, Pearson and working for um, athletes, um, I, I got to the point where I just realized, hey, I, I see a niche here. And so I, and I'm passionate about these two things. And so I started putting them together. Well, here. You brought up a good point here. Now, now you uh, obviously are into sports. That is obvious. You, you grew up in that kind of sports family, which makes sense. Now, my question to you is that, and like obviously the majority of your clientele is sports related, as you just said. Um, do you, like, did your dad have any influence on this in terms of uh, whether you got in with his help, whether you did it on your own, or was it just, uh, could have been just influenced from just the surroundings? I think it was influence from the surroundings, but surroundings from my father. 
uh, my dad was a kicker. And so when I played soccer, it was because he was a, a kicker that I wanted to learn the ins and outs of kicking before I became, um, tried to follow in his footsteps. And it wasn't until I um, realized I needed to create my own path um, that I started doing that. And now six and a half years into the business, um, where we've been through a pivotal point in, in growth within the business and our model and where we, we've come to realize that it's not sports, it's not sports per se that I love, but it's the, 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 the uh, psychological people that find purpose in helping other people. Um, and that's, and that's to me was like, aha, like that was an aha moment for me. It took me, you know, forever to kind of sit down and go through that mindset shift. And so now it's, it's not really that we work with sports people, but we work with usually industries that have business owners that have a purpose that really want to do with a purpose where it relates to more. So a lot of that is gym owners, you know, athletic, athletic apparel owners um, who are trying to make a difference in the world through the, the services and the products that they're trying to deliver. So it's not just sports. In fact, I would say we have right now, we have two, two sports clients and, and the rest of them are athletic, more athletic driven businesses. Yeah. I'm going to admit something. I just learned something from you here because uh, I, I got what you mean now when you go, when you opened it up a bit more, I understood in the beginning, I kind of grouped up the whole sports and athletics and, and gyms all together as in one lump sum. And then sort of like, that's that section and uh, realizing it based on what you just said. No, no, no. It's a whole different world and there's a lot more to it than that. So, mm -hmm. you know, thanks for that enlightenment there. And uh, with that being said, that like, this is great. I love how you like to help people with purpose, but going into it, like when somebody wants to work with you, like let's unpack uh, what's the process and how does that, what does that look like? And like, who would be your avatar? My avatar, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're very purpose driven themselves. They want to find a way to deliver their purpose and give it to their, give it to their customers. I'm very big on helping people. Like I, I, my, my purpose in life has always been, um, you know, I want to help people in my own way, you know? Uh, and, so I like to help people find their purpose within their business, their aha moments, their why. And so I usually say, you know, we help uh, sports and athletic driven brands, you know, find their why through brand identity and, and digital experiences. And so finding that aha moment, you know, knowing, knowing that you can wake up and in the middle of the night and just be like, what am I missing? You know, that's a huge thing within a, a lot of, of business owners and entrepreneurs, especially when they reach uh, a certain point in the business where their mindset needs to shift um, from one stage to another. And so a lot of the process we come down is, you know, we, we, we go on full-fledged brand discovery. We like to sit down with the client and, and let them know that, Hey, this process of building your brand is what makes you a brand. Um, and helping them facilitate themselves in um, what they want. If they're a personal brand, helping develop them from a, a personal brand to a corporate brand by finding their why, finding their values and going through a lot of discovery, working with them. It's kind of a somewhat of a spiritual journey from a, from a business perspective um, to help them facilitate who they really are, who they authentically are and ha have them feel comfortable with displaying that story and displaying that from a visual and a messaging standpoint 
and then eventually transitioning that um, for the rest of their team. You know, how do we build these cultures and these values and how do we give them to our team members? Because we want to bring in people. So it's really helping them go from a, a me to a we and then going from a we to an us. Uh, I, I'm really big on com- how every you know business should be a community brand, not just a corporate brand. And so helping those corporate brands turn from a, a, a we to a us is is really just you want your you want your you're not just your team to have internal culture, internal values um, related with you, but your customers as well. So we have a full fledged process that we go through, a uh, process wise that can go from anything from you know brand development, brand delivery, um, website development. We have web discovery um, processes in place for for the bigger project stuff, and then we also you know some of those tangibles and some of those implementation processes within you know, online marketing and digital marketing taking a huge play in that as well towards the end. Right, right, right. Now I'm going to take an athlete. I'm going to let's, let's beat the dead horse again. I'm going to take a football player, right. Who's out there and he's there to catch a ball and uh, score a touchdown and whatever. And he's going to be naturally on TV just because he's on, uh, I don't know, uh, the Denver Broncos or whatever. It doesn't matter on a team. He's on TV. He's playing. Why is the branding important? Well, as an athlete, I wouldn't say really why is the branding important. I would say what's important to you um, as an athlete, because a lot of athletes tend to, and I'll just be real here, they, they, they tend to overlook this kind of stuff while they're in the middle of playing the game, and then they get out and they retire, and they no longer have a purpose, you know, they're like, well, what is my purpose now? And the average time span for athletes is, you know, two to three years for like the NFL, for instance, I think it's four to five for like the NBA. And so, you know, you have, you have these players that come out and they just don't know what they want to do. They don't know how to leverage their their audience. They don't get it. They don't, they're not supposed to, you know, they, they, that wasn't their goal, but uh, really helping them dive into facilitating that purpose and why branding is important is it's very similar to this podcast. It builds authority um, for them. It helps them deliver their message and deliver their purpose for what they're trying to, what they're trying to bring to the world. So trying to help them find that purpose, um, very similar to a company and them being that personal brand, but athletes don't have the same experience that business owners do. They don't go through they don't go through the pain points, the failures, the, the struggles the same way business owners do. They do it um, on a different level. So when they come out in business with all this money, they haven't learned those mistakes yet. And so it's it's one of those situations where it's we have to do the foundations first. So what really helps athletes is it helps them really find who they are and what their, what their why is, what they want to move forward with, um, and what their purpose is. And so they have motivation they have, they have a, a meaning that they can leave to their children. They can leave to their family. They can build that legacy um, after the game. Right. So, so the, the purpose isn't really so much while they're in the game, but more of uh, setting themselves up for when they leave the game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's good to start when you're in the game. I mean, I think that most athletes uh, have this ability that they don't realize that, hey, you are – I would look at being a a, a a professional sports player as not a job, but as a as a business. You get free publicity, 
you get get paid. Why not leverage that? You know, and so that's why you know ninety nine percent of people can easily build followings that are like large YouTube stars, athletes, um, you know, professional, pro, you know, professional, you know, lifters, um, stuff like that, because they're already actors, you know, entertainment, because they already have this, this free publicity and they're getting paid for it, you know? So um, it's really just learning how to somewhat leverage that, find your people, find who you really want to talk to, build that purpose around it. And then be able to funnel that down. Very similar. How do you ask me? Who's your custom avatar? You know, um, athletes. It's the it's the same thing. Who are your who is who's your fan base? Who's the who are the types of fans that you wanna you wanna build a relationship with, and you wanna build purpose towards, and focus on helping them, and that will kind of help them kind of understand from a business perspective. Oh, okay, this makes sense. How do I now? I can start now. I have a path. Right. Well, here, this is the thing, right? Like now where is going to go with this? Um, yeah, I get the point of them, uh, you know, thinking uh, of working towards the after sports thing. Right. But uh, why do you think that uh, most of them don't really think about it past that? Like uh, I kind of like through my own experiences in life, I kind of get it. Right. But it's easy for the background that I came from to know the answer but I want to get your take on it. Why don't they think of it? That's a, that's a good question. Um, I think it's a multitude of things. I think one, they've worked so hard to become, I mean, the 1% of the 1% make it professionally. So um, they've worked so hard to get to where they are. They really just want to focus on the game. They're really passionate about the game, which is great. It's, it's great, but it sometimes leaves... A, a funnel vision, so to say, like, let's just focus on this. I can go forever. I've had athletes come to me, for instance, where I, I could tell, you know, not going to speak anyone's name, but I'm like, you're on your last leg. You maybe have one year left. Um, but they're like, oh, they're still grinding. They're like, I get on another team. I get on their team. I get on their team. And it's like, so I think a lot of it comes down to that. But I think a lot of it also comes down to um, the way that the entertainment world kind of is. Um, and there's nothing so to say wrong with it, but I think that, you know, sports, sports marketers, for instance, they take a percentage fee. Um, athletes look at taking a percentage fee is wrong. And I'm like, Hey, they're putting all the work in to have a risk to take, you know, uh, to putting all this time and energy in to make you a contract so that they can make something. They're making nothing up until then. But, um, the way that is makes them not think about money the same way, same thing as, you know, they go into the facility every day, they have their food already prepared for them, they have their training sessions, their schedules already set out for them. They have all this stuff that they don't necessarily learn the skill sets on the things that are most important. It's like they built this very strong, very strong persona of being a leader. They, they learn how to become leaders really well, but they don't learn that the tangibles behind becoming a leader, you know, like learn time management, learn how to speak correctly to people, learn how to do this. So they don't learn the certain inner workings that help them become a leader, but they learn how to become a leader through motivation, grit, teamwork, and they don't learn the rest. And so I think that that in itself makes them really not understand 
understand how much how made they really got it at the time and so they just say hey i'm going to keep this going as long as possible and second they're already making a lot of money like this is one thing that we've seen with, with working with a lot of athletes um and you said your experience you know my experience is once you start making a good amount of money you know um and they make you know a lot more than than, than i do that uh and you're set, you really don't have motivation to do anything else. You know, you don't really think about other stuff because you're like, oh, I'll have it made. You know, I'm, I'm good for the rest of my life now. So, um, and so, yes, and we can get into the talkings of, you know, the athletes that don't know how to handle money. But, uh, but a lot of them, I, I really think that's really what it comes down to. They just don't have the motivation to think about anything else. They don't really feel like they need to. Well, do you think there's a possibility that in some ways they think it'll just never end? Yes, that definitely, that definitely becomes part of it. They live in the moment. Uh, I think most athletes um, have the personality type of living in the moment and that, that personality type is what got them to where they were, but uh, they do, they, they somewhat live in the moment, which is funny because business is very similar to becoming an athlete. The, the, they, the athletes just go through those pain points in a different spot in their life. Absolutely. Now, here's the other thing, right? In terms of everything we're talking about now, do you think that's one of the contributors that some athletes, you know, they uh, get out of sports or sometimes they even start while they're in sports and they, uh, you know, build up businesses like, uh, I don't know, like a restaurant or whatever. And then, um, you know, because their name's attached to it, we always know the first six months is like, woohoo, right? And it's like for anybody that has that kind of popularity. Um, but after the six months, then you get down to the nitty gritty and that's when uh, the business either survives because on its merits or it doesn't. And um, so what part of the, you know, of what we're talking about now do you think is a contributor to that outcome? Purpose. I think that they say they, they don't understand business well enough and they haven't found out their purpose so they they tend to say, hey, this this could be a quick uh, get quick rich way for me to make money if I throw all this money in here. Or I mean, it's funny you say that because I think the same thing when it comes to investments. So when when athletes go out and they're like, oh, I'm going to throw 100 grand towards this towards this new app or this new thing, I'm like, dude, do you know like one out of a hundred companies make it? So you're literally just risking millions of dollars you know, for something that has a 1% chance of making it like that's, I might as well just do short term stocks at that point. Um, so with with a business, you have the outcome, you know, like, yes, it's hard work. It's 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 going to be hard work. It will be a lot easier. I'm, I'll say this, it will be a lot easier than others, because you do have a name attached to it. But they don't, they don't see these other business owners that have to grind and spend hundreds of thousands of, of man hours making making it to a good subscription you know amount or building that fan base or building that following so i do i think in a nutshell i think it really just comes down to purpose i think they just get bored of it after six months and they say hey let's move on to the next thing <laughs> makes sense i get that now in terms of your uh, product and services okay what price point are we looking at and what i mean by that is not, you know, what your hourly service is. Um, what I mean is like usually a target audience, like prime example, I'm in real estate. So somebody has got a $200 budget. 
I mean, the houses here sell for over a million dollars. I really can't help, right? Like, and there's a, at the same time, I may not be at the level where someone's calling me for a hundred million dollar home. So I kind of know mm -hmm. where I fit, and and, that, and that's where I'm going with it. So, like, at what price point are you? Is your target market at at this point? Yeah, it, it's usually an assessed situation. See, like what you said earlier, what you said earlier about athletes in particular. A lot of them, I, I've seen. I've seen different athletes do different things, but it's, there's usually a fine line. There's usually certain things they want to do. They want to do public speaking. They want to, um, which is great. They want to become an announcer. They want to open a gym. Um, they want to open an athletic apparel store to build their brand. I can help them with two of those things. And it really depends on too, where they're at. So if they come to me, if they come to me and they already had a gym for two years and they make, you know, a million a year, you know, they're ready to expand to another location. Yeah. That price point is going to be a little bit different because we have to do a lot more work, but we also have to make sure we align with what they already did. So, um, if they're just starting out, so professional athletes, retired athletes, for instance, their price points would be much, much higher because we have to do a lot more work for them, um, upfront because they don't really understand the business stuff yet. Most of the time they haven't opened a business yet, but, those prices usually range from, you know, 20 to 60 to start, um, even higher, um, sometimes to upwards 120. I mean, I had an athlete come to me and they wanted to open a sports complex and they had a lot to do. And so I'm like, that's a little bit of a higher range than a, a, a smaller gym, you know? So um, we had to do a lot of discovery. Now, if it comes to startups, um, and local companies and businesses or even college athletes, college athletes, high school athletes with nil, everything going on, we usually tend to say, hey, we know you can't afford this. And you're in a time of self-exploration. So we really focus heavily more on, hey, let's provide you courses. Let's come to your school and speak. Let's help you understand the importance of nil and, um, and personal branding so you can get a sense of that business side. So I don't even I don't even do stuff really for college athletes, nothing against them. They're just the money's there's just no money there. And it just, just take too much time to do it and self-exploration. They come to me again in three years, you know, and be like, we need to do it again. So, um, usually courses are really work well for, for the college athletes. And so, but in general, in general, you know, we're very, we're customized. We have solutions, but we customize around where the business is at. So gyms making gyms, between the 500 to a million, for instance, they're going to be probably at a little smaller price point than uh, a gym that's one to 3 million because they're probably at the point of expansion, you know? So we customize those packages accordingly, but it usually ranges between 20 and 20 and, you know, like I said, 120 for, for um, different sizes of businesses. And then on a monthly side, it's 2,500 to, you know, 5,000 is a good average number. Gotcha. And what's, um, what would your definition of a personal brand be? Me. It's, it's all about me. So a personal brand, a personal brand to me is, is, you know, you're kind of doing everything yourself. Um, you're really focusing on building brand awareness for you as the person. Yes, you can be a personal brand in a business, and it's very similar to what I said earlier. You're building values. You're building all of your collateral, all your stuff around you, your personality, what you're doing. Once you move to the um, 
once you move to the we category and you're providing a team and you have a team around you, there can still be some personal branding aspects to that. You just need to take your personal brand, take those values that you that that you as a person you value, take that that the mission and all that stuff, and you just need to translate that and hire people that follow those same values. And so, um, a personal brand to me is really just a person that's building themselves. You know, building themselves up as a as a brand. Right now, with every single business, there's high points down points there's wins there's losses and like you know so success and, and uh, failure stories um and it doesn't mean the business failed but the, you know not everything we do is going to be on track 100 percent of the time or at least the first time around so would you mind sharing a uh, success story and then as well as a failure story and how you recouped yeah i mean that's a good one that's a that's a really good one um you know I would say uh, a good success story is for me was finding and, and changing my mindset towards what success looked like to me as a person. I have two young children. I have a family now. Um, and when I first opened the business, I didn't. And so I was going through a huge struggle and I still work on my personal development and my mindset to make sure that I'm following my path. And that comes down to what did success look like to me? So very similar to an athlete looking to find their purpose. I was, um, I was lost and okay, money's not going to fix this. I learned that pretty early. Like money doesn't fix this. I'm very frugal. I don't really need to buy things. And so, um, what does success look like? And it really, it really put me down and it's probably also a failure as well because the success around it was, I found that my passion and my purpose in life is now to be a great father. You know, how do I provide for my family? How do I provide for my children? Have them grow up, watch me uh, make a, make a, um, a presence into the world um, and have them look up to me as someone that is achieving a success that should be considered success. And so I, that's, that's, that's how I look at it now. And that is a success for me because it helped me. Um, now I have my motivation towards continuing to grow the business I want and what I want to do. Failures, failures for me. I mean, I, I, I've had many of them, you know, I could count them all on, you know, on like eight hands if we had them here. Um, but a, a failure for me, a failure for me would probably be when I was a smaller business, I would say I was in, a, in around the validation stage of business. I was around 250 a, a year to 300. Um, we just went through the huge world crisis um, 2020 and uh, I lost my biggest client and I was really down. Um, I lost half of our income. I was on a, before that I was on a 2020. So, uh, a 20% increase every year. And so it really put me down and I really had to, the failure was funny enough. I tried to reinvent the wheel too much. I thought there was something broken um, in the business and I really tried to change things. I spent a lot of money on multiple different things trying to, to fix the issue. When in reality, after about a year and a half of exploration and trying to do that, I realized 
business isn't broken. The whole world was messed up. I mean, everyone was going through something, you know? So um, that's that, that that was an enlightenment for me and a, and a positive note for me to just keep pushing. Makes sense. Love that story. So in light of time, I'm going to ask you two more questions before I go into what I call the lightning round. Nice. Nice. So second last question, a very important question. How do you know you've had a successful day? I felt like I got everything accomplished that I could get accomplished. Um, and I did things right. Great answer. Okay. Last question before the lightning round and probably the most uh, important question. When people want to reach out to you, where do they find you? You can find us on our YouTube channel um, at Creative. Um, you can find us on our website at Creative. Um, LinkedIn, Creative. Instagram, Creative. On our website, you should have our email. The, our email is on there. You can reach out to us via our email if you want to have a discussion. But for most people, I say, hey, just reach out to us on YouTube or LinkedIn. Fantastic. Now let's get into the lightning round. Just a few fun questions. And I'm going to start off with my favorite. What is your favorite food and why? I love BLTs and clam chowder together. <laughs> why? It's an interesting combination. <laughs> it is an interesting combination. I don't know why. I grew up just loving those two things. It's kind of my, my dolgent food. Um, my indulgent food. And I just, it, it just really gratifies me. I, and if you really wanted to dig deeper, I'd probably say my favorite food then is bacon. Cause I love bacon. <laughs> yeah. Most people do. <laughs> awesome. Uh, second question is favorite vacation spot and why? I am uh, very big on the outdoors. And so probably going and renting an Airbnb up in like the Payson area, um, somewhere a little bit cooler away from the hustle and bustle of the big city. I think it really helps calm my, calm my mind and allow me to um, focus on my family more. Gotcha. Uh, favorite podcast, favorite book? Favorite, favorite book? book, favorite book, grit. Um, we've lived by, we've lived by grit. It's, it's, it's uh, it really helped motivate me. We live our principles by it, our internal culture. It's part of our brand values. Um, as is, you know, hard work failures are going to be part of it. So you better persevere past them, you know? So grit is by far my favorite book. Fantastic. And last but not least, if you were given unlimited amount of money, but you only had 48 hours to spend it, what you spend, you get to keep what you don't spend gets taken away, what would you do? I mean, is this a trick question? I would invest it all. That is the most simplistic answer I have gotten to date. I love it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> absolutely love it. Nobody's ever said that. I was actually waiting for someone to say it. Now, <laughs> the only thing that um, would have caught me off guard, because I don't expect anyone to say is is uh and here's my reasoning like i don't expect anyone to say uh you know i'll buy a ferrari a lamborghini or materialistic things because most people don't um and that's why i asked it the way i did 
Because if I want the material answer, I'll say, if I gave you a million dollars, what would you do with it? And most people say, well, I pay off my mortgage. I'd buy a Lamborghini and, uh, you know, I buy uh, my uh, new computer or whatever. And, oh, yeah, I would give some away. When you did the calculation of what they uh, said they would do, there wouldn't be any money left to give away. Um, But that aside is because what happens is when you ask it and you put a dollar figure on, it adds pressure for people to think of something specific. And it's almost like they feel like they have to label something material. When you word it the way I do it, there's no pressure. And it's almost like an indirect way of saying, well, what do you want? And you got to get the real answer. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like that. If you did ask me the million dollar question, I'd probably say the same thing. Because realistically, a million dollars isn't that much once you start putting putting stuff on it. (laughs) Exactly. So (laughs) awesome. Zach. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. I really appreciate being on. It's been a pleasure. It's been a great show. Thank you. If you like what you saw and you want to see some more episodes, subscribe to the link below.